One of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist, Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia eats. You would not have great food without great farmers. Hey everyone, it's Jason DeRussia. Welcome to DeRussia Eats. So excited to introduce you to two great Minnesota farmers. First, a cheesemaker. Elise Schostrom, her cheese company, Redhead Creamery, wins awards all over the world. What is life like in the central Minnesota town of Bruton? Elise is, is a young woman. So is Trisha Zachman. Her farm, Feathered Acres, isn't that far from Bruton. It's in Stearns County, Minnesota. And Trisha and her husband practice what they call regenerative hog farming. So what's that about? You know we can't enjoy great food without great farming. And that's why that's in the spotlight in this episode of DeRussia Eats. And today we bring you to Bruton, Minnesota, the home of Redhead Creamery. And the co-owner and cheesemaker Elise Showstrom is with us on DeRussia Eats. Elise, so great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Uh, tell us about Redhead Creamery because you are... You are a young. Do you consider yourself a farmer, a cheesemaker? What do you both? What do you think of yourself at? It's it's kind of a confusing, you know, part that I'm in because it's hard to decide. But I would say I'm more so a cheesemaker and offspring of dairy farmers. <laughs> you grew up. You grew up on a dairy farm. Where? Uh, right where I'm. Where I'm at. Oh, same uh, spot. Where, yes, north of Bruton. And when you were a kid, did you think like, oh, I'm I'm going to stay on the farm? Or were you like a normal farm kid where you thought, I can't wait to get out of here? <laughs> I was the weird kid that knew I was coming back. You knew. <laughs> you knew. Yeah. What was it that yeah. you loved? I loved being able to work with my family and really like living out in the middle of nowhere. You can do your thing. And um, it's just beautiful in rural Minnesota. Your dad's your dad's farm was Jer Gerlindy, is that right? Yes. Yep. My parents are still fully involved, Jerry and Linda, and um, they actually refurbished this farm basically from the ground up. We're not on my grandparents' farm, but we're very close to where my my dad grew up. People don't think of Minnesota necessarily for cheese, but you've been doing it. Redhead Creamery, you've been doing this for what, for 10 years now? Almost. This is our ninth year. Wow. Uh, what what made you think, all right, we're not going to cede all of the cheese-making honor to Wisconsin? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was my, my competitive side. I'm a gopher through and through, but... Um, we have some really good friends over on the Wisconsin side, but we like to argue with them that Minnesota cheese is a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your your cheese is is incredible. Have you, and we're talking with Elise Showstrom from Redhead Creamery, when you started, did you, you know, how did you even envision or come up with, all right, this is the type of cheese I want to make, this is the market that I want to go into? How How did... How did you go from gr growing up on a dairy farm to where where you wanted to be as a cheesemaker? I grew up really loving Munster cheese. And when I say Munster, it's the American style where it's orange on the outside yes. and pretty sliceable. Oh, yeah. And I, 
I explain it in detail because now I make a French style monster, which is very different than the American style where it's ooey, gooey, stinky, washed in whiskey, like the best thing. Um, but when I first got started, the hardest thing was figuring out what to make because I had too many ideas. Mm. And uh, I actually lived in Vermont for a few years with my husband, Lucas, and worked for Grafton Village Cheese and really opened my eyes to the world of artisan cheese and all the opportunities and abilities to be creative in that food scene. And I've been in love with it ever since. So being able to be creative and utilizing uh, other local food producers, we use whiskey from Panther Distillery. That's very close to us. And we've used Osakis, cider. Osakis, right? From, right in Osakis? Yeah. Pa yep. Panther, I think, is the first... Is that the first Minnesota whiskey? It may be. It's either it the is, first. Yeah. It's prohibition. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's good. And soon, if if everything goes smoothly, we've broke ground to be able to eventually make our own whiskey. Whiskey. So what is that? Yeah, it's spirits made out of whey, oh. which is the byproduct of cheese making. Elise Showstrom is the cheesemaker and owner of Redhead Creamery. You do it uh, with your husband, right? Uh, my husband and my parents, and we have about 12 employees. Oh, wow. Yeah. And when you started, you, you had critical success winning all sorts of contests pretty, pretty quickly, right? Well, I guess it depends on the perception. <laughs> uh, we, we, I think it's we, pretty fast. I mean, you're, you. you're a young... <laughs> You guys are young, right? Like you, st how old were you yeah. when you started this out? I was twenty-seven when yeah. I started. Right. I yeah. mean, as I get older, at least you sound younger. I mean, that's how it goes. Thanks. You know. <laughs> twenty-seven to be. I mean, when you think of a cheese, a Wisconsin cheesemaker, twenty-seven, getting started, figuring out because cheese making, and maybe before you answer my question about uh, how quick you got success, I'm sure to you it feels like a long time. But when you yeah. think about cheese making like how much of this how much is culinary you know is it is it the palate is it the taste is it that and how much is is science like understanding how the microbes work and pasteurization and all of that yeah so ironically my husband and i really got to know each other during college because we both had failed chemistry <laughs> and <laughs> and so when we when we give tours uh to especially food science classes from uh, different schools, I remind them that even if you fail chemistry, you can still do things that are very science involved. And <laughs> I get a lot of, you know, they brush their face because they're so grateful. Right. <laughs> but, um, but it is very, um, it's really 50-50 in my mind. There is a ton of science involved and a lot of food safety uh, things that you need to be aware of. Um, but there's a lot of art with it as well, and we do everything by hand here, and you can tell by the smell and the feel and even how the weather is that day how your cheese might turn out. And so it's that's the fun part of it is being able to use your hands and coming out with a physical product in the end. Elise Showstrom is with us from Redhead Creamery. That is in Bruton, Minnesota. This weekend, you've got a big curd fest going on out at the creamery we're going to talk about that plus uh maybe get some cheese tips from you some favorites for people for the summer as they kind of 
uh, plan their parties and all of that. So we'll talk about curd fest because, oh, does Redhead Creamery make a delicious cheese curd? Nothing wrong with that, right? Take that, Wisconsin. More from Elise Showstrom as we continue here on Derusha Eats. 421 Derusha Eats brought to you by Liquor Boy. Go see them in St. Louis Park in the Minnesota Pork Board. We're talking with a cheesemaker in Bruton, Minnesota. Elise Showstrom is the co-owner and head cheesemaker at Redhead Creamery, named after your your locks, right, Elise? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have like <laughs> naming it after naming it Redhead Creamery? I mean, when you were younger, some people who grow up with red hair have sort of a love-hate relationship with the kind of ginger redhead bit. Where, where oh, did yes. where did you land on that? Well, I have three other sisters that, and we're all redheads, so <laughs> we kind of had a love hate relationship with it. And I decided at some point we're going to benefit from this. <laughs> so <laughs> being able being able to brand it really has it's made it a lot more fun. It's pretty good, right? Now, if you wanted to go blonde, you're sort of locked in, though. You can't really you you have no choice here. Yeah, I, that wouldn't that wouldn't oh. work. <laughs> <laughs> Redhead Creamery is in Bruton, Minnesota. You can find your cheese all over the Twin Cities, right, if people want to look for it? Yes, yeah. Specialty stores, Lunds and Byerly's, Kowalski's, uh, they are uh, good customers of ours. They were, like, how important were those stores in kind of getting you a foothold in, in this, in the in the metro? Extremely important, actually, Um at the time when I got started, when I didn't know what kind of cheese to make, I would ask the the deli, the cheese buyers of Lunds and Byerly's and Kowalski's, what do you need? What kind oh, of cheeses are missing yeah. that are Minnesota made? And the advice I got was to make a cheddar and that we didn't have any Minnesota cheddars. And at the time I thought, you've got to be kidding me. There's so many Wisconsin cheddars that how, why would we need more? And so... I decided, well, if you're going to buy it, then I'll make it. But uh, I wanted to make it unique. So we make a cloth-bound cheddar, and that's a lot more unique than what you would find anywhere else in the U.S. It's a beautiful cheese, and that, one is, that one's named after, uh, named after your mom, right? Yes, Lucky Linda. Lucky Linda, cloth-bound cheddar. And that one won the first place uh, natural rind cheddar at the U.S. Cheese Championship. It did, and was so exciting because it being our first cheese we ever made, you know, of course, when you start a new business, you learn kinks and, and how to do things. Sure. And that was the first cheese we made, and we made it for six months straight in order to age it because it has to age at least six months before mm. we sell it. Right. And we ended up actually throwing out about three quarters of the cheese that we made uh, because it didn't sell as fast as you always dream it will. And it it, it rotted, basically. It was, uh, it, we couldn't move it. And so mm-hmm. it was, it was a moment where I thought, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> and what right. am I, what was I thinking? And um, for it to now win this uh, prestigious award and to get the attention that it has is really pretty surreal. Oh, that's so cool. What a great story. I'm sure you have those sorts of incidents, right? And Elise Showstrom is the cheesemaker at Redhead Creamery, where you think you're going to make something that you love and something goes wrong and it ends up uh, becoming something else that you love, right? 
Yeah. And then it ends up being your best cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. You make a brie that I think is really delicious as well. Thanks. Yeah, we make a little Lucy brie. It's a little six ounce wheel uh, that's perfect for one or two people to eat in one set. Thing. And named after my daughter, Lucy, she's no longer little. She's almost as tall as me, so <laughs> I can't call her little Lucy anymore. If you were to give people advice on kind of summertime cheese and what to what to pair it with, what, what are some of your favorite combos? Well, we spend a lot of time at our campfire at night, and so we are trying to find creative ways to work with our cheese. So my three-year-old and I actually have figured out that we can roast cheese curds on the campfire. Oh. So just like a marshmallow. That's crazy. Like, I've never thought yeah. of that. Oh, what's it taste like? Just like a, you get a little char or it makes it gooey or what? Yeah, it depends on, you know, how, how much you put right in the flames versus right. warm heat. I like to get it warm and then throw it in the flames for a little bit, but oh, it's man. pretty good. Get All right. yourself a good beer and you're set. <laughs> Elise Showstrom from Redhead Creamery, tell us all about Curd Fest. It's this Saturday, 11 in the morning till 6, right at the Creamery in Bruton, right? Yes, Curd Fest. This is our fifth annual event, and it's really a celebration of all things cheese curds and food. And uh, we love to just show people our farm. And it's a great way to experience real-time dairy farming while enjoying live music and enjoying all the local food vendors that we bring in. You got some food trucks from out in that area, some beverages from the area, too, all sorts of uh, goods. Is there, like, a cheese curd uh, uh, eating competition? What? It, what? <laughs> <laughs> well... Not cheese curd eating, but there is a cow milking contest. Oh, all right. And uh, so we have a competition with hand milking a cow to see who can get the most milk uh, from the cow. And my my dad is the reigning champion, well, sure. which, you know, yeah. probably Seems isn't unfair. surprising. Right. Yeah, right. Seems but we have Princess K of the Milky Way coming and... Um, Auditor Julie Blaha, and we also have the Assistant Commissioner Andrea Vavil coming, so we're nice. excited about it. Very good. Elise Shostrom, I love your cheese. It was so fun uh, chatting with you here. I hope people can go out and check out Curd Fest this Saturday. You can get tickets uh, at Redhead uh, Creamery. Just Google it, Redhead Creamery's website, and it'll take you right there. Elise, great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Jason DeRussia with a message from Minnesota's pig farmers. Discover the meat of the North, pork. Pork is as Minnesotan as the lakes, trees, and people who call this state home. Did you know there are more than 30,000 pig farming families? They live and work in the North Star State, raising one of the safest, most delicious meats the whole world can enjoy. Pork is something we enjoy in the DeRussia family at least a few times a week. Maybe it's pork loin roast, shoulder, pork chops, ribs, huh, bacon. Oh, I'm getting hungry just talking about it. It's so affordable, too. If you're looking for recipes, 
MNPork.com's got them. Great recipes like dilled pork cutlets, Parmesan-crusted pork chops, and you can feel good about eating pork from Minnesota farmers. They've been reducing their carbon footprint with better genetics, new technologies, and more. Pick up pork tonight for dinner at your local meat market or grocery store. Let's have Minnesota pork for dinner. Oh, yeah. DeRussia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. Some of the most interesting people in food uh, and all around it, not just chefs or restaurateurs, but today you're going to meet a farmer in DeRussia Eats. DeRussia Eats brought to you by Liquor Boy. Today is National Farmer Day. So what better day to bring Trisha Zachman in? She is a hog farmer. Her farm is called Feathered Acres. And she drove two hours to come down and have some time to talk with you. So thanks so much uh, for coming in, Trisha. It's great to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Talk to me about, well, first of all, happy National Farmer's Day. You yeah. you look surprised. You didn't know. You know, I didn't know. <laughs> October 12th, people haven't been sending you flowers all day. I feel gypped. <laughs> yeah? This is outrageous. Yep. Outrageous. This is outrageous. You uh, have a family farm. And uh, tell me about Feathered Acres. Where is it? So we are uh, south of Sox Center. Okay. And we are located right outside of Belgrade. And so you uh, grew up on a farm, right? Yes, I did. I grew up on a dairy farm. And now you're mostly mostly hog farming? Yeah, yep. Um, my husband and I moved home, and we took over his family's farm. You guys met in college? We met in high school. Oh, you met in high yep. school? Yep, he went to BBE, and I went to Sock Center. Um, but oh, we did end up... Rivals. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then we did end up going to college together, so at North Dakota State. And you studied? Agronomy. Agronomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you knew you grew up on a farm. You you did not have that rebellious childhood where you're like, <laughs> I'm never coming back to the farm. Um, yeah. You know, I knew I knew I probably would not be a dairy farmer, but I have always known that no matter what, I need to be a part of hmm. farming someday in my life. What 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 is it about that that really drew you in? You know what? I think I just had. Such a great childhood. You know, I'm so close with my family. We do so much together. And just, you know, you don't, these things you grow up doing on a farm, you don't ever get to do in, you know, you you only get that experience on a farm. What do you you think the the biggest lesson that you learned from growing up on on a farm? You know what, I, I think it's, uh, dedication and hard work, knowing that, you know, you have to care for these animals and, you know, you can't go to bed until your chores are done and, um, you know, just really working as a team together. And yeah. I think that's just yeah. really prepared me for life. <laughs> it is interesting. I sometimes think that, especially those of us who uh, raise our families in an urban area, you have to sort of force some of those types of experiences that mm-hmm. are just n- natural on a farm, you know, R- right. Teach yeah. a little bit of that self-reliance, but also the point that you said that, that, you know, the animals are counting on you. Right. So Absolutely. those those animals need you. Mm-hmm. A- and that's a lesson I think like most young people don't realize until they have their first full-time job that there are other people, you yeah. know, you're not the entire universe. There are mm-hmm. other people who rely on you. Right. Exactly. But you knew that as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't you you don't want to let them down. So. so so you and Nolan go go back to his family farm. Yep. 
and you guys buy it. Yep. But you tell us what you've done with it. Yeah. So um, we started, um, we took over. My father-in-law um, retired and he started um, getting some pigs on the farm. And we took that over and we grew with our hogs. And then from there, we... Was he a hog farmer before or did you, know you guys what? start that? Yeah. You know what? Um, my father-in-law started that. Uh, after the kids have all left. So huh. it was kind of... Interesting. Yeah, they did more crop farming. Yeah. Um, so not like a full-fledged you know, dairy operation or something like I grew up on. Um, Hog farms are different, right? Yes, very different. You know, I'm not going to say it's easier, but it's a little... E- it's much easier. <laughs> um, but it's still a lot of sort work. Sort of the daily grind of a dairy farm is different? Yeah, yep, yeah. Very scheduled, you know, get up and milk early in the morning, you know, maybe milk at noon and then milk in the evening. Um Obviously, we don't have to milk our pigs, so right. you yeah. get a lot more time. <laughs> they don't like it if you try to do that. Nope, that does not, <laughs> I won't try. No, that doesn't go over well. Yeah. Uh, uh, Trisha Zachman is our guest. She's one of the owners of Feathered Acres uh, in Belgrade, Learning Farm and Inn, which mm-hmm. is sort of a new component of what you guys are doing. Right. The farm uh, and the hog aspect, when you first reached out to me, you described what you do as regenerative hog farming. And, you know, I talk about uh, Minnesota hog farmers and Minnesota mm-hmm. pork on uh, this show a lot. Yep. Uh, and one of the things I really find appealing about all of the different types of hog farms in our state is there you go from small operations to big operations to heritage breeds mm-hmm. to what you're trying to do. So describe what regenerative farming is. Yeah. You know, and regenerative farming is very complex. And there's so many different avenues that I could go down. Um, But for us specifically, um, aside from all the different soil health practices that we do, uh, we really focus on giving our hogs the most humane life possible. We're certified humane and we pasture raise and we let them have the ability to naturally Um, express their natural instincts. That means, you know, they get to clean themselves by rolling around in their wallow. They get to eat a bunch of different uh, plants. Hmm. And um, they get to root around in the dirt. And that just really translates over to the nutrient-dense pork that we provide just by giving them um, just a unique lifestyle. Um, And, yeah, I mean, just... Do you think because of that practice, and I never like to pit like different types of practices against each other. Like we all have kind of all farms have a different kind of place to fill and need to fill. And, but what you're doing, do you, do you think because of the way that, you know, are, are there benefits to the, the nutrient, uh, uh, you know, the, the the nutrition of of Mm -hmm. the pork? Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, when it comes to, who were contracted with Nyman Ranch, um, I've really got to learn more and more on why, you know, our pork um, is such great quality. And that just has to go from the fact that our hogs are grazing on so many different plant species um, aside from grain. And so that just gives such a um, a, a wide array of a diet, and it reflects back on the quality of the pork. I mean, the regenerative aspect of farming is certainly a hot topic in the the crop world because uh, soil, you know, 
preserving the nutrients of our soil, uh, so much research has indicated that we've really torched a lot of our soil by having the same crop year after year after year. So it's sort of a rotation right. aspect and all of those things come into play. Yeah. It's a lot of science. You're a scientist. I mean, th- this is, do you think you're, a pro- and you're a young woman, how, can I ask how old are you? Yeah, I am 31. Yeah. So you and your husband are young. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is there a different, like, kind of as the younger generation that came up, maybe a little more environmentally sensitive than the older generation? Is is that different out there? Yeah, I think so. And I think also um, I have a lot of guests that want to come and stay on our farm. They are younger. They have younger families. And they might not be connected with um, a farmer or with agricultural agriculture firsthand and they want to know and they want to be more connected to their food source and understand, you know, how things are raised. Yeah. I think there is something to that. Like I, I enjoy that. Like Mm -hmm. obviously I love food. And so when you can trace the origin and understand where that protein or where that vegetable or whatever came from, like, I don't know, you, you, you tend to treat it as an eater with a little more respect as well, I think. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you we all con ourselves into thinking that it tastes better. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But you feel better about yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Think. I, I mean, I feel I feel very good about our pork. I, when I look out my kitchen window and I see pigs grazing and I see chicken chickens running around, um, you know that that just makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty cool. I yep. mean, it's a pretty great life. Trisha Zachman is a hog farmer. It's a tough life. For yes. sure. Yep. What are the biggest challenges that you're facing on the farm right now? Well, I think um, just with the fact that we are pursuing regenerative, um, it is not a quick fix. It is something that can take at least, you know, minimum five years and you still might not have it down. Hmm. But really focusing on our soil's health and replenishing, you know, our organic matter, feeding those microbes in the soil, you know, that's the foundation of regenerative farming, and that will lead to really nutrient-dense food and we're, will really be the success of our farm. So There's so much interest in that area right now. And we, of course, here in Minnesota have giant food companies, right? Mm-hmm. And it's certainly General Mills has been – I've been reading about some of the efforts they've been looking into as yeah. far as different ways that they can plant – uh, make sure their farmers are following some of these techniques. It's it's. It, are you optimistic about it going forward? Yeah, I am. I am optimistic. Um, yeah, General Mills, even McDonald's, yeah. they have a crazy program and path forward for being, you know, more humane with where they source their chicken from, and just the regenerative path on tr- contracting farmers. And so I'm optimistic, and we really need to be optimistic because. You know, our future depends on us preserving our topsoil. And if that's not done, uh, we could, you know, suffer consequences in the future. For sure. Trisha Zachman is our guest. Feathered Acres is the farm. We're going to take a break. We'll talk about the learning aspect of it because you have opportunities for people to come out and stay on the farm. There's an inn out there. So we'll talk about that and talk about how you can find uh, some of this uh, pork if you want to uh, order some of this food. So we'll talk about all of that. As we continue on National Farmers Day, also pulled pork day. Wow. I tell you. I sometimes it lines up. Sometimes it li- <laughs> I'd like to say we planned it, but our listeners know better. It's 420. <laughs> Derusha Eats continues in a minute on CCO. Derusha Eats continues. We thank Liquor Boy for their support. Our guest today on Derusha Eats is Trisha Zachman. Uh, her farm is called Feathered Acres Farm. When did you decide to set up 
kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, different houses on your property for people to be able to stay on the farm. Yeah. Um, so I was watching the news and they were talking about how barns were very popular on Airbnb. And I kind of was like, oh, you know, I have a barn. I might try that. So I put it on in 2021. Like on Airbnb? On Airbnb. Yeah. And then I just could not believe it when I was I was getting reservations. I was shocked because <laughs> someone wants to drive to Belgrade yeah, to stay right. at the farm. Yep. Yeah. So I had you know, there's not much to do out where I'm where I live, which is probably the attraction and yeah. how quiet it is. So um it was great. The stars at night and everything. Stars, yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And so do when people come to stay, do 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 they just come to have a place to stay or is there like an educational component to it as well? Yeah. So, you know, I think, uh, for the first couple months, um, I, it didn't click right away, but people came out just for obviously the peace and quiet and, um, you know, it's rural, there's state parks by me, you know, small town bars and shops and anyways. And, and then people were very just curious on what we were doing. They were asking us why we were doing this or that. And then it kind of clicked, and I started offering just little mini tours around the farm to explain what we were doing and just just talk to them. Huh. So. That's so cool. I think it's great because the reality is, uh, you know, a lot of urban people mm-hmm. have never stepped on a farm. Right. Absolutely. How big is your, how many acres do you farm? So we we only technically own the farm site, but we farm around a little over 200 acres. Soil samples, one of our texters asked about yep. that. Is that part of the regenerative process? Absolutely. It's a great way to um, get a good picture into how your, your soil is doing. Um, and then from there you can move on and, um, you know, plant the right crops to replenish some of these lost nutrients. And that's where cover crops come in and picking your um, appropriate cash crop to complement what you want to do. This, All of this sounds very expensive and not very lucrative. Yeah. Is that right? right? Yeah, you got so it. Like, are, there, are there grants, <laughs> like are there federal grants or different ways that you can kind of get help to be able to do some of some of these practices? Yeah, there's definitely stuff out there. I know I think the easiest way to start is to um, start with cover crops. There's a lot of great cover crop programs out there and you can stack them on top of each other. And that will really just help you get your foot in the door um, and lead you to the next stage, I guess, yeah. in regenerative farming. But there's also grants. Yeah, out there. How many hogs do you guys have? So we have about 200. Yeah. Yep. And we're contracted with Nyman Ranch, and so like our product goes for like Butcher Box. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with that or Chipotle, yeah. technically. Some of it goes to Chipotle. Yep, yeah. that's their cu- two of their customers. So they have more than that. But <laughs> does, does that make you especially love when you when you go to Chipotle? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is <the> good stuff. <laughs> it is funny. I mean, you mentioned McDonald's and Chipotle, and a lot right. of times people I think forget the mm-hmm. impact that like big time big. Yeah food companies have on our overall system. Right. Absolutely. And that's why if Chipotle wants something, then farmers are like, all right, we're going to do it. Yeah, because that's <laughs> exactly. You yep. want to sell your, your stuff. Yeah. And, the, and, and what we like about who we're contracted with is they focus on those small farmers and, um, you know, quality, you know, versus yeah. quantity, I guess, but just, we are smaller than the normal for sure size. So. Feathered acres farm. If people just want to buy meat 
from you? Yeah. Is that, do you sell direct or? Yep. I sell directly on my website. And if you come out to the farm too, we sell that way. All right. So the website is featheredacresfarm.com. Very simple. Yep. I asked you uh, to bring some restaurant recommendations. Oh. Do you know? Did you? Maybe I didn't. <laughs> well, give me give me your favorite restaurant that you and your husband like to go to. Oh, oh, he oh, yum. I love yum. Oh. <laughs> Excellent choice. Excellent choice. I mean, it's straight in the name, so Yum easy. Yum awesome. Very, see, you nailed it. Yeah. I forgot to ask you. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Nothing like putting me on the spot, but right? you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> favorite favorite way to make pork in your house? Uh, you know what? I love uh, making a roast in the crock pot. I am yeah. not the best cook. My husband is amazing. He just can... You know, smoke a pork butt for hours on end, and just yeah. yeah. So crock pot is my 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 way of doing it. <laughs> just put it put that on the phrases you maybe didn't expect to hear in drive time on WCCO radio. Smoke a pork butt for hours on end. Yeah, <laughs> my that was my favorite thing my mom made growing up. Yeah, smoked butt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and when you meet someone who doesn't know that the pork shoulder is also called the pork butt, yep. they're like, pork. You're eating pork. But <laughs> no, well, kind of, or yeah. Boston butt, I guess. Boston my butt, com- yeah. I don't know. <laughs> combining all, them, it's all it's all good stuff. Uh, this was really fun. I'm so glad you came down, and I'm uh, so excited for your family as you go forward out there in Stearns County. Thank you so much, Trisha Zachman. Uh, the farm is called Feathered Acres Farm. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast on WCCO Radio, 830 AM. We do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com, jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.